And we're back. How do you define an outstanding fine? No, an upstanding citizen. What is an upstanding citizen? So you have a country representing all kinds of people, representing a social norm, idea, agreement. I guess a country is based on a constitution, which is an agreement between people. So you have a bunch of people agreeing on a certain thing. Uh, How do you define, what was I saying again? How do you define what? What's a good citizen? Okay, what is a good citizen to that to you that group taxes, of people? You vote, you pay your taxes, you vote. Yeah. Yeah, upstanding to all these other people. Upstanding to the group. What is upstanding to the group? That's which group? One person's terrorist. the country. The idea of the country. One person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Well, okay, so like people be like, "Oh, I don't break any laws. I don't kill anybody. I pay my taxes, um, and I clean up after myself, and I recycle whatever, which would be cleaning up there. So, like, that would be an upstanding citizen, right? I have kids, and I'm let's say you're required to pay child support. You pay child support, or you raise a kid, or you know what I'm saying. You're you're doing whatever." obligations are required of you whether good or bad or whatever does that make you upstanding to some to some like those are the definitions like that's do you stay in line do you follow the rules and that makes you an upstanding individual yeah. Shot, you know, you oh, yeah did you get your shot there's that question Oh, yeah. So, okay. So now with the vaccine, like, oh, people are saying you're irresponsible because you haven't gotten the vaccine yet. Like, that's the shade coming back Mm -hmm. towards those people that are not vaccined. Or vaccinated. Right. So where are your papers? And this is 1938 Germany. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you conforming? Why aren't you following? Why aren't you? You don't care about other people? So this is what they're saying. So... So now what's being an upstanding citizen is actually shifting and changing in the United States, at least if we talk about the country as a social idea. So that's changing because of the vaccination pressures or whatever you want to call it. Whatever the fuck you want to call it. What society views as a good good citizen. Because a good citizen five years ago. There were some things that were constant, though. Paying your taxes is probably pretty constant all the way through. It's Having not really a voluntary necessarily. No. Thing. Like we don't get to just volunteer day in day out. If we're gonna pay our taxes, whether that's down at the store for buying milk, or you so know, paying taxes on that milk. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So it's not a vol- we're paying our taxes. Yeah. At some level, all of us mostly. Yeah. Okay. But you have corporations that aren't paying their taxes. Mm-hmm. They move we move the business out of the country, so I don't have to pay taxes. But I'm still a good upright citizen. You know when yeah, because they're producing, they're producing and they're selling, and they're obviously be able to stay in business. So uh, the structure that they're under dictates that they go to overseas or something like that. But they're still producing. But it's a loophole like in Christianity. Uh, how like in Christianity? Well, no, my loophole of remember, um, 
of your last breath can be. I'm sorry, and then I'm good. And Jesus is my Lord and personal Savior. So what judgment are you making that it's against the spirit of the law? Well, why are you moving your company out of the country? So you don't pay taxes? So you can pay so you can pay some North Korean or possibly Chinese worker pennies to make your nine hundred and ninety nine dollar iPhone. But the person who built that iPhone got twelve cents. It does make you think that you would go through all the hassle distance wise to save a dollar or two. That's how much it is rather than just to spend a little bit more and hire those that are close to your company headquarters or whatever it may be. Like it, that would make sense, right? To because, keep your business close. Well, well what about Yeah, but, but, but like what does that say about actually what does that say about business or about people? These are people that are working, so working people. Right. What does it say about working people where they're taking their businesses overseas? And they would rather spend pennies on the dollar, but add in distance, which I never thought about the distance actually being like, we're creating more distance for more money, what it seems to be more money. Your earlier question of how do you, a person's value, Mm -hmm. what we've been saying. So it's more okay, okay, okay. So so let's say about a person's value in this scenario. So that business owner or that person that's got all the legal thing with from the government saying, hey, you're gonna save, you know, let's say they're a ten million dollar company, they're gonna save two million dollars a year going overseas. Well, fuck, I'd probably do that. Two million dollars a year, that's a lot of money to spread over. But now all of a sudden, rather than hiring a people from, you know, Relax. Hush. People hiring people from, say, Middle Tennessee or Kentucky or freaking Montana or Los Angeles or wherever in the in the country. Now you're hiring people from, I don't know, South Vietnam. So <laughs> is it trust? Is it a lack of trust of your own people or a lack of ability to like you obviously wouldn't be able to hire an American worker for, you know, five cents an hour or a dollar an hour. You cannot do that. However, like, can you not develop a business model that uses the people around you that are close rather than having to create or handle all this distance, deal with all this foreign culture and everything to go with that? Mm-hmm. I say, can you not do that here? Yes, but you have to be willing to take less in your pocket because this is ultimately about money, right? Your profit margins may not be so big, but, but they might gain, be enough. You gain distance. You gain, like, mm-hmm. you have a, a smaller world, so you actually gain something from having a smaller mm-hmm. world in that case. Right, because now you've had... what. But something, right, because of that, that goes to the whole big picture of... What are we making here versus everything that we're farming out? But I also wonder, and I don't know if this is the right place to interject this, but on the other side of that question, what agreements have been made with all of these countries? Well, you bring so much business here. We're going to do this here for you. That all this other stuff is happening at these other levels that we really don't know. And that's that's really the motivation. Because 
but who knows? Well, all right, so for example, Walmart. All right, the people who own Walmart, the Waltons, are in the top 50 people who have money in this country. In the world, yeah. All right, in the world. The t- Forbes, Fortune 500, whatever, yeah. Forbes 50, anyway, blah, blah. But a person who works at Walmart has to, they don't give them enough hours, so they don't have insurance, and they rely on those people Okay, getting let's, let's just say that the deal that the the deal that Walmart has for an entry level employee, cashier, greeter, or the stalker, okay. is little to no health care, not uh, not enough hours to survive off of, unless you were living, unless your housing needs were taken care of, and probably some of your food needs. Mm-hmm. And your transportation needs. Like you can't take care of what you're saying is Walmart's not giving you a deal at an entry level position where you can transportation needs, housing needs, clothing needs, and uh, food needs are all met. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's where the government comes in and those people are on welfare or get assistance or get help. And meanwhile, Waltons make more money and they use the government. And, and what is the percentage of the employee's money that's going right back into Walmart? I just buy my groceries here. I'll just get my kids' stuff here. So they're just putting the money back in there. Yeah. I mean, dude, you can buy a 52-inch TV. That's trust. Yeah. I mean, that's that. Yeah. Yeah, you buy. Yeah, it's cheap as hell. Everything is super cheap. So now, yeah, so their employees shop there, too. But the government is actually assisting them, their workers, because they technically are below the poverty line. So the government can step in and say, we're going to pay you because, okay, so essentially there's a valuation. Now we've actually increased the valuation because the government is nothing but the people, right? That's all the fuck it is. It's a representation of the people. So you're talking about, so now society has said. Hey, Walmart people don't get paid enough. They can't take care of all their needs. We should probably help them out with the food aspect and they give them food stamps, right? Or the Section 8 rental aspect and they give them like a living stipend every month to cover their, which is also there. So now they're helping them with housing needs. Assuming that they keep on working, they keep on uh, employment at, at Walmart. But what that's indirectly doing is actually Walmart is a public company now. Walmart is owned by the people like if we pay their employees by our laws, mind you, our laws say they're below poverty level, they're entitled to women, infants, and children, food stamps, whatever. That means we have written into the system that Walmart – Walmart is basically a government business. It's it's people – it's employees. The majority of the employees are cheap, cheaper, newer, like unskilled. And now we're paid by our tax dollars. And now we're communists. Now we're communists? Well, now we're communists. Socialists. Socialists, at least. Because the government (sighs) is helping them. And here we are, good, upstanding citizens like the Waltons are. Good Christians. Doing really well. Got our own Learjets. Meanwhile, somebody working at my store can't afford shit. People working at Walmart. It's being paid by my by these people left and right are paying people to work at my store. Yeah. 
Wait, so so because our tax dollars of food stamps and everything are being paid to the Walmart worker, that means that the Walton's neighbors are indirectly paying for all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're all in it together. Uh, what does this make you think? This makes me think that it's a ride that I want to get off. <laughs> <laughs> And so we're looking for an exit strategy, which is to get away from Walmart, to get away from everybody, go to the beach, go be happy, live the best life I can, and live as happily and simply as we can, and helping as many people as we can. This makes me feel like I want to get off this ride as soon as possible. <laughs> this is a bad idea. Where's the emergency? Pull the fucking lever. Stop Pull the, the stop train. lever. I'm off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that was good. It's, dude, because it you can't defeat the system, right? I, or, so I joined. Which brings me to my next point. Drugs are good. Drugs are good. <laughs> <laughs> we were listening to Bill Hicks on a positive drug story. So if you check it out, you'll laugh your ass off. Um, all right. So I joined the Air Force knowing that there's a system, right? Uh, and I thought that I could, you know, be a, a voice and and would be good. You know, we need we need good people to be cops because there are too many bad cops. So we need good people who are willing to go to we need good people to go be politicians because there's too many fucking bad politicians. Yeah. We need we need good people to do things. All right? So that's that's my my thought process in everything. But war is a racket. The military industrial complex is in full effect. The G8 summit, the people who run the all the things, the governments work for people paying them money. So I think when you talk about people paying money, like uh, you're talking about uh, people paying money. Yes. To, like people pay money to other people for their goods and services to include sometimes war-related stuff. Yes. And things to hurt other human beings and things that are not positive growth related but are destruction related, right? Yes. And a lot of times those destruction related things have an infinitely larger an infinitely larger uh, reward. Or so it seems. That's my argument. That this seems like a larger reward but it's actually not. And so like the example would be a World War II factory makes bridge parts brackets and steel parts for bridges mm -hmm. they get eight million bucks a year okay then world war ii comes around and they're uh uh offered a contract to make munitions for aircraft bombs and they go in and they start making and fabricating the parts for that and they make eight times as much or five times as much so like 40 million dollars a year all of their workers are like you know, compensated a lot more. The business is compensated a lot more, seemingly by the numbers. That's definitely true. However, um, my argument is that the activity, uh, the activity and the, I don't want to say goal served or what served, like what the, that, so that, uh, uh, factory went from a building and connecting mode and method of motivation. Their motivation and intent was right. building, connecting, 
lines of communication so that people can talk, move. When more people talk, move, and communicate, we grow, everyone learns, and we are better off in the long run, which is proven to be true, I think. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So then they switch to destruction and destroying and, like, you know, some pretty dark shit, right? Dark shit? I don't know. It's war. Like, how would you think about war? Yeah. Like, what else? In a horrible thing. Yeah. The worst thing. And killing. So rather than building the future for human beings, you're literally talking to, like, crushing that which is, right? And the... So that is the non... You can't quantify that. Like, you can quantify five times as much money because it's actual representation that everyone understands. But you can't quantify the difference in intent and motivation between building and destruction. Can you? No. You know, like... And what does that do for the person, for the psyche of all the workers, for the people around, for the community, for... Like, I, I don't know. What if it has no effect? They're just wealthy and they go and live their life and it's fine. But the payment is you and me, but mostly our friends that are not here with us, and all the other Americans that died, for what? For Vietnam, for Iraq, for Afghanistan. What did we accomplish? Nothing. We didn't accomplish anything. We didn't make it better. Whereas if we... Okay, okay. So now... Okay, okay. So now we accomplished a lot, actually. A lot of destruction. We put our minds to it. A lot of fucked up shit. A lot of murder. A lot of, uh, you know, stopping yeah. other human beings right where they stand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're great at that. <laughs> Talk about the so bully. There's the goal. bully. Hardcore accomplished our goal, and we made five times as much more money doing that. Yes. And that's what it's all about. Was that money about that five times as much more valuable? Like, are we five times as much more? No. What? No. We're Only the the corporations. The corporations made that money. The government made that money. You and I and all the regular people saw nothing but death and destruction. Yeah, so my, well, my question would be, with that five times as much money, what is that five times more of? Representationally. It's just more. It's all greed. It's all It's literally greed. nothing, right? Nothing. Nothing. You know, that's probably why people kill themselves when they live their whole lives thinking that money is something. Because if you came to this conclusion in a bad time of your life, and, and maybe you didn't have people close to you to talk to or whatever the fuck like I could think about times like that and you were that deeply invested in the idea of money where you gave up relationships with close close family members and stuff to like continue to go and build wealth if you're, and then you find out that it's literally nothing mm-hmm. and you sabotaged yourself your whole life Essentially, that's what the realization would be. You sabotaged yourself your whole life. You misled yourself for decades. Mm-hmm. That's probably why these motherfucking bankers and these people, like, kill themselves, right? That's a... The, dude, how could you... I mean, I don't know. I just assume. Yeah, that's a... I think that's... Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because otherwise, What? Like, you can't swallow the fact that you fucked up your life. How, and what, what does that path of destruction look like? 
behind you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now you have to look at your entire, everything that you are differently, yeah. too. Because you are what you did, you know? Nice. Completely. Mm. Who are the innocent bystanders? Who are the, you know, who, how big is that storm path from, because you had to have the thing, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, that just happens all day, every day. Yeah. We don't produce anything. We consume everything. Right? We want, 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 now, now, now. The microwave. Mm -hmm. Right? Instant gratification on all things. Uh, we got TikTok, so look at me. TikTok's pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> In a bad way. In a bad it's way. Sick. It's not used for good, though, dude. Sometimes it is. What's it used? Well, you got cooking, you got cute animals. They're always wonderful. Except these things, Micah. You've got, you know, how to do this and that. I got you. That's called using it as a tool. Like, oh, how do I make this thing? Most of the people on that, especially children, who have no clue what they're being indoctrinated with, don't understand that. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, it's just a, what? The dogs agree too. <laughs> Everybody's on board. So somebody should disagree so that way we make sure that we're good. <laughs> Alright, so bullies. Right? That is this, <laughs> Bullies. Um, well, we started off this whole conversation was because... Talking about the positive... What is the pot... Like, bullies existing. Like, okay... So all I'm saying is this, and let me start this off the right way, okay? I'm not saying one caused the other, but I'm saying anti-bullying has been going on for probably about a decade or two now. Yeah. At or least even 10 years, let's say. Ten. 10 years of solid anti-bullying, this, that, campaigns, first ladies getting into it, freaking prominent, you know, whatever, getting into the freaking... We got to stop the bullies. It's just a common, you know, anti-bullying this. You got all these videos popping up on social media about this dad came in and protected his daughter or son from being bullied. Or he said, if you get bullied one more time, you should hit that bully back and fight. And it's like this freaking bullies are bad kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then I look at the flip side. And I'm like, okay, well, it seems to me like our society is declining significantly and we're raising a lot of people that are whining and crying about a whole lot of nothing mm -hmm. okay generally speaking bullies handle these people those are the ones they interact with the ones that are overly scared that are too nervous that are being antisocial because of something they're thinking that's causing them to not be relaxed bullies go after these people so i'm not saying i'm for bullying and I'm not saying bullying is good, but I'm saying that the anti-bullying over the past 10 years is directly correlated to what appears to me be a whole lot of people that are in charge that are scared and shouldn't be and aren't saying things that are making people feel calm, cool, collected, and confident. So is that directly related to the anti-bullying rise? Chickens and eggs. <laughs> Wait, which came first, the chicken or the egg? But I'm just saying oh, oh, no, no, no! I'm, I'm answering your question. I'm oh, just, I just, I'm laughing because um, 
so earlier we we're talking about uh, a vacuum in the power struggle and so if you have a bunch of weak sheep mm-hmm. then yes your bullies are going to step up and then oh no don't be mean don't be mean <laughs> right you're always gonna handle that yes that's not gonna be able to exist right and that's unhealthy yeah so we need not bullies but then we also need not weak sheep yes so what's so what's the so it's not that we're for bullies necessarily. No. Although, I'm for bullies. You're for bullies. Yes. We we know <laughs> we know where you stand, but but you come at it from such it's it's a happy place and it's and it's and it's, and it's a it's a naive. I think he just has the word wrong. He has he. Oh, well, okay. What word are you looking for? Like, what well, word is describing? Like, I don't. I don't you know need either. okay. What you what you don't need is a bunch of weak. Yes, I'm just going to say fucking wussy ass people in charge and s- s- yes. you're giving a voice to say th- shit that's stupid yes. people because it's a waste of time yes. because people that it's not like we're and, and I was like, oh, you can't have this because then other people will follow them. Well, if other people follow them, they're weaker than them mentally anyway. So yes. we're not worried about the weakest mind because the weakest mind isn't there. Yes. So what we're worried about or what we're concerned about is when you have somebody that's weak in charge saying a bunch of things that's wrong and then everybody else not being one being all divided because they're all thinking different shit because what that person said is not relating to everybody they are weak they are not handling it correctly so like like the confusion maybe bullies do away with confusion and weak people in charge bring confusion because that's what makes them weak. They're confused. Very true. All right, so, well, end with that. I know. You're a mind-blower, dude. No, no. No, 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 no. Dude, I, I learned, I probably learned more, and I'm not saying this, you're not learning. I learn a lot from you. Like, I enjoy our conversations yeah. because you give me the other side of the right, remember when we were talking about energy yeah, like, and who money? Would ever defend a bully, especially at a time like this. Well, but think about it. If you had to, oh yeah, if you had to, would, but look at Antifa. All right? all right, let's go with that. Let's go with them. They're they're anti-fascist, mm-hmm. but they are fascist. Yeah, by being that, <laughs> by being but with they the, don't even realize no that they're fascist. Yes. Okay, so so explain, unpack that though. Like, how are they being fascist? Because they're as bad as the problem that they have a problem with. Because they haven't offered a solution, essentially. They've only brought more negativity by saying this is a no. Yes. That, that actually, okay. So, oh, so bully, I mean, you go? I, all right, so I wouldn't say I was bullied, but I would say that Whoa, that th- there were some other issues going around, but uh, that's a whole nother topic for a conversation. But I don't remember being bullied. Okay, um, so you were younger. Yeah, okay. lived lived a good dude. I lived the best life in California, by the beach, in a farming community, n- low crime. I mean, this is like fucking the time of your life, right? Rode my bike all over town, went surfing. Didn't worry about shit. Didn't worry about nothing, right? Then, you know, I, I joined the Air Force, start seeing the world. I'm like, holy fucking shit, dude. Like, 
crime, poverty, death, violence, destruction. I grew up. Fuck, dude. I mean, you know. I mean, it was we. It was a good time, and I think the best place to grow up. I think I got very lucky with my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would say that for all of America, because what you were talking about earlier, you know, we have it so good here. You don't even understand how bad it is out there. But we're complaining. Verify that. Yes. But we complain about. Or how bad. Okay. It's not even that it's bad out there. Like, it's really not all bad out there. Right. No. However, the depths of a lack of quality of lifestyle and lack of freedom and lack of everything in America is not even close to the, how bad it can get. Like, from what you've seen in Africa and maybe some places in Asia and stuff, dude, and maybe Central America even, dude, there are some rough lifestyles. Yes. There are some rough levels of poverty and where people don't even have any idea. Like, they think max compassion for a homeless person that happens to have a tent and a freaking sleeping bag and a little mattress and, uh, you know, has a convenience store nearby where they can freaking eat a sandwich a day or something like that, at least for the, like, like, that's not a bad level of poverty. Yeah. The the poorest person in America is still pretty well off in the rest of the world. Um, in Colombia, the average... What's av- the lowest, poorest place you've seen? Colombia? Whew. Dude, I've seen abject poverty. Africa. For Africa. Me, for me, it was Mauritania, Africa. Absolutely awful fucking all the way around. Dirty, full of sickness everywhere. Uh, nobody communicates. Everybody's after themselves. There's no one in charge except for people that are just stealing from other people. Like, that's it. So, in in Mozambique, I saw. Never been there. Oh, it's a beautiful country. Uh, poorer than dirt people. Meanwhile, the government's driving brand new Land Rovers that are gold etched. The seats are all nice. And I'm looking at people living in a fucking chicken wire together with rocks in it and then a tin roof. And I'm like going, what in the, how is this real? And, and, you know, the Philippines and just, I mean, I, dude, I've seen just dirt poor people. And then you, you come here and you're like, you have the opportunity, you, Anyone can do anything they want here. You just have to get off your fucking ass and do it. But people are like, no. All you need is a social security number. Yeah. That's it. You need to know a number. And you can go to do anything you want. Use the system. Which, you know, I mean, think of it. All right, so it is a game. It's a ride. It's whatever. I went off this ride. (laughs) (laughs) Right. the, the, The Constitution wasn't written for you or us. Yeah. Right? But... Because of the color of your skin, people go, oh, well, you're this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, but no, you, you don't have a million dollars. You're not fucking. I don't, yeah. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> that, like, you don't, you're not there. And even if you had a million dollars, that's still yeah, not the kind of money. You're not nothing. there. There is nothing. It doesn't exist. Yeah. The, the black and white problem is really a have and have not problem. Yeah. And, but meanwhile, we're fighting about this. When we should be fighting about something completely different. Yeah. 
and we keep ourselves in the narrative, in the story. I'm a victim, and it just keeps building and growing, and it's worse every year. Yeah. <clears throat> I do think that in our lifetime, we're probably going to see a financial collapse because we're seeing the relationships collapse little by little, eroding little by little, um, pretty consistently from state to state, like in even in Europe from what they're talking about. And a lot of it has to do with um, what? I don't know. The advent of the internet, different methods of... Uh, we, we don't quite know how to consume information safely yet, I think. People, people consume information like panicky. Because they open from fear. Yeah, like like... Also, the news you notice, and I probably said this before if you heard it, they're telling you what, how to think about something and what to think about. They're not telling you what's happening, mm-hmm. and they're not giving the information. They're like, they're here's the opinion. Yeah, and that's because 24 hours a day, and they're just opinion to this person talking to that person talking. I mean, look at ESPN. It's cool on ESPN because they're talking about an entertainment sport. It's not cool in freaking news because they're talking about the fabric of our society, our, our, like our, our relationships to each other. That's actually what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. So, okay, now I think that if you see the relationships erode, the that's the cause, and then the symptom, so like a person has ingested too many uh, uh, bacteria that the body cannot filter at all so the body goes and gets sick and gives itself a fever to burn off some of that one and fight it through okay so now the relationships are eroding down in the country and our society and all of our people from state to state and so we've gotten overwhelmed because we cannot communicate with each other like we did before we can't do business like we did before there's not accepted norms like we were before because this person's norm and that person's norm and that person's norm are completely different right that means the money has to break down as the symptom like the fever has to happen if there's too much bacteria aka there's eroded relationships the next effect is going to be seen in the finances it has to be okay so then i guess my question would be once money is worthless the u.s dollar right obviously there's going to be a they're going to try and like you know figure out a new way to bring some sort of security to a new type of currency, like, a.k.a. let's rebuild the relationships that we've fucking broke down. There's going to be that. But, like, what are you? What are we going to do when literally everything that you accepted, thought about from your neighbors and from people in your community are no longer givens? Like, there's no given anymore. Well, then we work off the yin... All and the they end. and they completely forget all about all of us. <laughs> well, because think, all right, so... We should adopt something like that. Every European country at one point was top of the world. Yeah. We'll say Britain was probably the last one, the last superpower. Then we became a superpower. Mm-hmm. All right? We're no longer the most dominant force on this planet. And maybe that's good, maybe that's bad. Depends. I think it's good in that... We don't need to be the number one. We as in who's we? We as a country. As in the United States. Yeah. Okay. We're not number We don't produce anything. We're not many. We are not number one in the world. Right? It's kind of up for grabs right now. I, I almost look at like the game of risk. Yeah. 
All right, you ever played Risk? Yeah, we should play. And, we, and people are like, nobody ever wins in Afghanistan. It's a it's a horrible play. You cannot because you can be defeated from so many directions that you don't have a chance. Yeah. All right. So so think of uh, Britain had their chance. They rolled their dice, ran through. They owned. I mean, the sun did not set on the British Empire. Right. Well, now they're down to their little tiny island in Canada. Mm-hmm. Right. In Canada, they're just unarmed Americans. So (laughs) you have this. All right. So then we, uh, the Russians took their chance in Afghanistan, lost, boom, destroyed them. But you've, you got Putin. He's been on the rise for, he's, he's Hitler and bringing his country up, right? Maybe we don't like it. Maybe we don't like the way he's doing it, but has he not brought the, the Russian country back up to something? Well, then who's the big bully on the block? Or who's number one on the block? Oh, the Americans. Yeah. Well, let's take them down. Well, who also doesn't like us? Well, the Iranians don't like us, so we're helping. Right? And the enemy... Why are they trying to take out number one? Because why not? <laughs> Whoever's number one, people want to be... I'm, I'm the, the number one heavyweight of the world. Who's going to take me? Everybody wants to take me down. Right? So recognition. People want to be recognized as in a positive light. Right? Even if it's for bad. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so so of course everyone's going to want to bring us down. Plus add the American, the way that we, nobody likes Americans around the world because of the way we flaunt our money and the way that we act and the way that we come in. Um, we watched a really good movie called Mosul and it was about cops in, in Mosul. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, dude. And, and they're, they're, at one point, they're like, why don't we call the Americans? They could, you know, and he's like, no, the Americans just destroy everything. They're not here to help. Then the, the dude in the movie, he's picking up trash because he knows fixing Iraq starts at the can I pick up trash and bring us up from that level versus we're just there to destroy bad guys. And we don't care if we destroy this whole block. Do we get fucking so-and-so? All right, we're good. Right. It's all about destruction in other people's homes. We're not destroying American blocks. We're destroying someone else's blocks, and their blocks don't count because they're foreigners. Mm-hmm. You know? So that is America. That's how people view us, but that's also how we are. We are destructive, and we don't know how to build shit. Are we, no, we, can build, we can build a lot of things. What do we build? Well, we're the best in computer software. We're the best in airplanes. I not. think we're the best. No, we're not the best in ships. We're the best in airplanes. Okay, so we're, we're the best in airplanes. And computer software. Computer software that the Chinese are stealing and are going to make it and be better. We've lost, dude. Our our military isn't the strongest military in the world. Our weapons are not. Our weapons are not the best. They're made by the the cheapest motherfucker that we could find that paid me money so I could uh, get a bribe and then built our weapons. We have the best cars. For what purpose? We have the best cars. We have the best cars. We make the best. We make the best airplanes. We have the best computer software. Uh, what else? You got it. What if those answers were? We have the the least amount of necessity for mental health of our children. What if the answer is we our marriage success rates are seventy five percent or more. We are the lowest in cancer rates. Our our water is the purest water on the planet because we care about our water systems. But we don't, you know, we're the worst at all that. Our, our, what if our cars got 90 miles per gallon? 
What if we were able to do uh, wind energy, solar energy, uh, education? Everybody's educated and smart and well-read. So how much opportunity have we provided to, to people? How do we measure success? Because you're measuring. I'm trying to think about what those parameters are. You, what did you say again? The health, the mental health of our children. mental health of our children, uh, literacy rate. How about that? Literacy. Okay. Yes, right, so just go with those two things. Those two things. Stop there. What if as opposed to computers, computers oh, and airplanes. and airplanes? Because we sell like Boeing sells, yeah. you know, and the well, other like ones. You guys were just saying, you know, this this whole superpower. Uh, complex, right? Where America was number one. And I would say that most Americans fully believe that America is the number one superpower, you know, patriotism, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But but then that's how our society is run, right? That's why I've got 13-year-old kids coming into my office because they're so stressed out, out of their minds because they're taking pre-AP classes and college courses and all this bullshit that makes no difference to their lives. Because got to be number one, got to be number one, got to compete, got to compete, got to compete at every level. Every moment must be taken. You cannot not do anything. See, the thing is, though, if you're judging the mental health of children, that is super scary to me. Because you are judging children based upon adults' perspective of them. Which is wrong regularly. Yeah. Okay. So children are a reflection of who they're being raised by. Mostly. Mostly, and it's true by their by their family, their parents, and their and school. school and all that. Yeah. Neighbors, neighbors, friends, yeah, everything. So uh, I don't know. That's so. Think about like. All right, the foundation of our world, the future of our world is the children. All right, children are our future. I don't treat them well, let them Thank lead you, the wait. way. So it's about the kids, right? But if the kids are faulty and messed up from the beginning, the next generation is it's not looking good. Right now, we have met some young people that give us hope. Like, there are some good young people out there. So, I I will give you that there is hope. There's always a little bit of hope. But it looks really bad because odds are against them because um, Teen Magazine says that you need to look like this. Forbes Magazine says that this is what success is. But the TV shows me nothing but beautiful people with perfect teeth. And do, and then, you know, here I am living in San Antonio. I'm like, oh, I'm fat. I'm sad. And I just keep going into it. And, and you can't do anything about it. So the, the children are fighting all of this. But once they realize that none of this matters and you, you do good work, you have a good work ethic, you know, and you just keep on going. Don't pay attention to any of that. Why why is having a good work ethic important? Why is having a good work ethic and expressing that as a human being, why is that good? Because, all right, so I can't control anything. You ever seen um, Days of Thunder? No. All right, so this is why I love, all right, so Days of Thunder, I see this movie about 18, 19. And 
Um, Nicole Kidman tells uh, Tom Cruise he's a he's a race car driver who he was in an accident and now he's afraid to drive like he can't handle anything and she's like you're trying to control a thing that you can't control you can't control life you can't control anything other than yourself and what you do with it so if I have a good work ethic how am I going to get to wherever I need to go because I'm going to work for it I'm going to earn it I'm going to build that and I'm going to get it how did Ford you know, maybe stepped on a couple of people's backs and did a bunch of things, but ultimately he did all that work to get there. How do people get to where they, how did um, Muammar Gaddafi, how did he get to where he did the work? You have to do the work to get where you want to go. So that good work ethic that has you up early in the morning, Muhammad Ali, right? How did he beat all those guys? Because he got up early and he worked on his his boxing. Same thing Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson was up at 3 o'clock in the morning running in the Bronx in the fucking snow and training and hungry, right? So that work ethic, it helps if you have a little bit of talent because that, I mean, those guys obviously had talent, but they built on it, mm-hmm. right? If they didn't have the work ethic, they wouldn't be where they're at. Mm-hmm. No one's going to give you anything. So I, I think that a work ethic is like the most important thing. I mean, throw in attitude and all that kind of stuff, but I'm like... Saying, but what is it, too? What is work ethic? It's like... It's... All right, so I'm sweeping up this room. I'm sweeping. Do I move the the things to get behind things, or am I just doing a superficial... So, work ethic to you... So, that means that work ethic is how... Of what quality is... Are you doing what you're doing? <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, that's it. Maybe work ethic. When when I think about it, because I'm thinking about like when did I know I had a work ethic, or like who taught me that? So I started working. When I was like 14. So I had all kinds of good bosses and bad bosses. But I and this may have to do with like just the way certain personalities are. Is that especially if you have like a people a people pleaser personality, you want to do the job good. You want to make sure whoever's above you, okay, you're doing a good job. Be good, okay. okay. You might be more likely. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, there's a little bit of, and this kind of goes back to, I think, your line of thinking with the bullying. A little bit of fear and anxiety to do the job well because otherwise it may not be good. The, and the same thing with parenting, right? The kids need to have a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety. There's, there's a healthy dose of that. Otherwise, you know. So I was raised by men who worked, like worked, just Monday through Sunday, seven hours a day, eight hours a day, just worked, just did the work, got to wherever. And and even to this day, they're 60, 70, they're still working, you know, and I'm like, whoa, dude, like that's way too much work that you don't need to be doing. But the, it got them to where they're at. And so if you stay busy, you know. And, and as we were talking about earlier, like, my work now is to make the world a better place. To whatever that – if it's having a podcast, if it's talking to some dude at the corner drugstore, whatever, it's to make people smile when I leave them. You know, as long as people are better off and not injured or hurt or really, and I dampen anybody's freedom of – then I've done my job. And, and that is like – the work that's where really what work is work is to me why we're here what are you supposed to do and then do that work toil 
what you need to do to make it happen, right? But I'm now retired, so I did all that work. My hard work ethic paid off, so now I can enjoy my retirement and I can do what really I work I need to do. Like, um, when I left the government, I just kept doing what they had already taught me to do. They taught me to teach people, make them better, help them better be in the pool, and, and that's all I do is just I'm continuing that work that they gave me, mm-hmm. that job, and, and I'm an ambassador for the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm come in peace. I'm not here to hurt anybody. My vibrations are I'm nice, neutral, and I'm just here to help. You know, and so the, the work ethic got me to here, and now I'm, what do I do with it? Well, I just let it go, and I help, you know, plant seeds. So I, I think that someday, what you are, so when I was in uh, a young airman, I called Chief, um, oh, what's his name? I can see him right now. He's the guy who invented the green feet. So now I suck, Chief Fisk. So now I suck, because people are like, well, you even know his name? Anyway, Chief Fisk, super duper great person, all right? And he's and I had to interview him for my ALS. So it's funny I keep getting interviewed by ALS dudes, and so I'm talking to him, and he's explaining to me how like right now they're paying you money, right? As an air, they're paying you to do this. This is you know, but someday they're gonna pay you, but it won't be in money, and you're gonna pay them, and it won't be in money. And uh, and I didn't quite understand it, but I I went with it because I could see it. But I wasn't old enough to see, and so now here I am at his age when he was talking to me, and I, it's not about being, I'm, I don't need to get paid in money. My, my payment is in smiles. My payment is in that you're a better person. My payment is that things are on, on the up, that you're building them and growing them, and you've picked up the flag and continued on to go do what was the right thing because now I'm old and I can't do it anymore. You know, I can't rescue people, but the people that I, that I teach or help they can go rescue somebody, and therefore I am still helping rescue people, right? And it's just, and and maybe it is all unreal, and there's no dude in the sky, you know, taking care of me or whatever. But the energy is real, and what people will remember you by and for is, oh, he's a nice dude. You know, he made me smile, you know, or he helped me out. You know, he he helped me move. Uh, he mowed my lawn. He like whatever. But just that bit of positive. And I think that, you know, it all goes back to a solid work ethic. Because it's all work. Well, I have to say, anytime my life has improved, it's been a change in my daily activities to include generally more work. And But good, you know, I've enjoyed it, you know. The, in the, uh, during World War II, above one of the concentration camps, they had... Uh, a saying they had all sayings in a front of these things and they they twisted it but it it's our bite muck fry and what it means is work will set you free so you imagine you're in a concentration camp you see the sign name was like they're teaching you work will set you free all right hard work will set you free because we are all in a penal colony we're all in a concentration camp we're all in whatever in our heads or whatever landscape that we're living in and it's up to you to get out of that Right, if you look up high enough, oh, blue skies, clouds, the sun, right? Then you look down and you're like, I'm I'm in Iraq in Balad, you know, I'm bleh. But if I look up, oh blue sky, clouds. So I just keep looking up, dude. And if you just keep looking up, then you know, it works out because if you look down here, it's all just 
ugly and death and the and you know but who life's a happy battle you got to keep working for it to be happy you have to want to be happy because there's a million reasons to not be happy there's a million reasons to just off myself right now there's a million reasons to just be depressed and sad and just roll over and give up Mm -hmm. but that's not what we're here for yeah no and and like when you make the choice to not do that you hit that point and you're like yeah but actually this is the good stuff going on even still in whatever the depths of any depression or sadness or grief or some sort of thing that someone's going through yeah but i'm alive and looks like i'm going to be alive for a little while and i'm you know pretty secure in this and pretty secure in that and yeah i'm doing pretty good like Mm-hmm. We're in the United States. Uh, we have working electricity, running water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like those might seem like small things. Do we have two sidewalks? If they seem like small things, then you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. You haven't seen the level of that low level we're talking about a real, real poverty. Yeah. Because this is so good, and we are so high. Like we are so blessed. This is like, we are the in the world world. we're the richest people in the world and it's like what the fuck like you don't think about it like did people back in the day stop and think about how much they had and what they had i don't think enough people have i don't think enough people have stopped and thought about everything that they've had if you have a three bed two bath house whether you own it or rented it if you have use of it even if you rent it you have a lease you have right to enjoy own and use that property and whoever the landlord is cannot get in so you have ownership rights that's your home Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you own it or not right so these people are super rich if they lease a three-bedroom house or a two-bedroom apartment or something like that and it has running water and everything you need and maybe even a laundry facility like look at most of the world they don't have these things not even oh and you have a car Mm-hmm. You have a freaking car to get around and like go out to eat if you wanted, maybe once a month. Anyone can go out to eat once a month. You can scrounge together 20 bucks and get a cheap ass Chinese meal out or something, mm-hmm. at least. We're rich as hell, dude. But the, the luxury <sighs> of, of being able to even contemplate that because we're oh, not yeah. getting worried that we're going to get shot right now. We get to sit here and talk about it. And how much of that is people are not even contemplating this, right? It's just all for granted. It's expected. I have this job. I will. I, I get this. I'm owed. I deserve it. To even have the luxury of having these thoughts and conversations where there's a whole lot of people in the world right now who, it's, are we going to live through the night? Is there going to be food tomorrow or this week? We're so far away from that. Yeah. Miles. <laughs> miles. We really are. Yeah. So, so I guess that's what we got to do. We got to set up in the upstairs a podcast room with about eight or ten or twelve like actual microphones that come down from the ceiling. One at like different parts of the couch and at the recliner. No, we're just gonna have one editor, and that person's gonna be on the computer, and they're gonna introduce whoever the characters are that come in. It could be anybody. Your friends or family come in. Who is this person? What's their claim and fame? What story are they bringing? Like Lee, yep. Lee in the garage. That's what it's going to say. If he wants to come up and say some things in the podcast, give him a mic. 
Yeah. You can come out, get it out, go back downstairs. Oh, we have Patty nice enough to join us here. Or freaking Shanda and Mike are uh, up there talking for a while. Lori walks in and she wants to talk about whatever's like deep conversations going on constantly. We're doing this. We need a, we need a producer, though. Dude, this is how Joe Rogan started. Yeah, but ours Just, is going to be better because it's going to be random people. It's like going to make a sitcom. Like, we're going to have way many more characters than Eddie Bravo and Brian Cowan. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. That's what I'm saying. So, like, he not that he limited himself, but he was limiting himself to his friends. And ours is open. We've we've taken his uh, platform hey, and built on it. I the street not too long ago. Guy off the street who I found out was schizophrenic and I met his dad and everything like that. And he's actually super friendly, uh, just disabled man. Not the bad kind of schizophrenic where there would be any violence or anything like that. Just sometimes confusing personality. So, and we freaking had some beers out there in the yard and like had talked about all kinds of shit, shooting the shit. This is just somebody lives up the street in the neighborhood. His dad was in the Navy for a while. Really cool guy. Like, you know, who's going to see what's going on with this person? Let's say you go to yoga and you meet, like, somebody that's really cool or whatever like that. Like, hey, we got a podcast tomorrow. You want We're just going to chat. Exactly. A good way to socialize and meet people because people, like, I like to hear myself talk. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, when we listen to this shit, whenever you post it. Like, like, like. <laughs> that's hilarious. Cause I, I hate listening to myself. I try to not talk as much. I, I'm serious. I try. We're not like, oh, that was a, I made a good fucking point there. Like, I outsmarted myself. Yeah. No, no, no. no I, what, I guess what I'm saying, like. Some of the stuff you said, I've been like, oh, that's. Well, because it's my message. It's not me. I'm, I'm yeah, giving you yeah. the message. The that's words that I'm saying humble. aren't from me. God put them in here and said, share this with people. And and the messenger isn't important. It's a message, and um, dude, I hate. <laughs> I don't like want anybody to pay attention to me. I just want to help. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I'm here for. Just and then I just fade back into the the site. Like Shanda, I'm a, I'm a support singer in the background. I'm a, I don't want to be the main singer. Yeah. But sometimes you know you get a a, a do a solo, and I gotta. Here's my chance to say something, Mm -hmm. you know, so we have a platform and so we try to do as much good with that as possible, you know, but like earlier, the, the, the thing with the doctor and how that turned out well, like, I mean, this whole thing, because, you know, I, I helped some people in New Orleans and somebody took a picture of me and, and then I'm famous, right? But that's what pararescue is to me. Mm-hmm. It's helping people. And that's what pararescue offered for me to let me do to help people. Now, I have friends who have, you know, more of the war side. And that's, you know, what they, all they know. And and I, I've seen the war side and the war side is like whatever it is. But what I really just comes down to is pararescue is about helping people. Whether it's in a war or in a flood or whatever. It's just, we're here to help. Mm-hmm. We're not here to hurt anybody. We're not here to judge anybody. I'm just here to help, and and that made that job so perfect for me to give me something that I could do, and and that was like worthy work because I wasn't here to hurt anybody. They need to shoot anybody. They need to. I'm just here to help, and and I think for me, whether I transformed Pararescue into that or Pararescue always was that, 
like that was the perfect thing for me. You know, it was so I have been doing my work because I've always been about helping people. Um, and I think that the, the going back to like my work ethic pops up because I leave home. I left home at 16. And so I always had to like earn wherever the couch I was sleeping on at somebody's house. I would sweep and pick up and make sure things were nice. And you couldn't even tell I was sleeping on your couch, you know, fluffing it up, making everything, you know, because I didn't belong there. And these people were kind enough to let me stay. And then there was a family that let me stay for a year until I graduated high school. And but every day mowing lawns, washing dishes, like I made sure that like I my 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 impact was small and you didn't even know I was there, but like I took care of everything as much as I could. And I and I think that bringing that into the Air Force, bringing that into my life, it just um we're we're at a buddy's house the other day, let's spend the night as we're driving through Tucson. And He's like, oh, you have ADD because I was helping clean up around. Us. No, I have gratefulness and I'm sweeping and I'm picking up th- because you let me stay at your house for free. If we'd spent the night, you know, at a hotel, it's a hundred bucks. We're, I'm not being cheap. I like seeing my friends. So it's nice to see him. So to show him that I'm grateful for that, I sweep up a little bit or pick up a little bit and make sure this house. For you, that's a hundred dollars. He just paid you. Yeah. yeah. It's energy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Energy transfer. It's not about the money that came from one of those. It was about even the money that you were saving. Yeah, necessarily. I could see that. Well, so you said you moved out when you were 16, and then you would always clean up after yourself and make sure that you had no really footprint that you were stepping on anyone else's toes because you were in their house. You were their guest, you know, so I was out of respect, really. Why did you have that from the get-go? Like, because I know a lot of people that have been kicked out of their house have rough circumstances and they don't give a fuck about their fingerprint or anything. So who was I talking to the other day? And I was telling, oh, so I appreciate everything. Like everything, I appreciate it. It either taught me something or a lesson learned or how not to be, how to be. I mean, every, I appreciate Every, every day is gravy. Every day is a beautiful day. Every day I, I'm alive. Holy fucking shit. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you go on and try to make a good day. Um, I, I believe it's the, the my parents. And what's funny is like the people that I stay in, they're, they're, well, they're all Catholic. Mm-hmm. They were good people. They had the same rules as my parents. But for some reason, I couldn't get along with my parents um, at all. Like they... I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's them. I don't know if it's us. It just, the three of us could not communicate. But then I move over with this other family, the Beelies, super duper awesome people. Same rules, same things, be home by nine, blah, blah, blah. Had no issues with following whatever they wanted. Really? Yeah. And I can't tell you why it worked with them and didn't work with them. Damn, because that's what I was going to ask. I dude, I've been thinking. I've been thinking about this for years. Like, why, why couldn't it work? But I think that my parents and I had gotten to such a point of like, fuck you, like your resentment. You know, I know what it is. I know what it is. So essentially, it, there's a comes a point where you and my. I would describe it as this. I know what that is. You're too comfortable with the other person 
in your life and have been for quite some time to where you cannot treat them like you're comfortable treating them however the fuck you feel like treating them. You're too comfortable to be both your positive but also your negative. You're not, uh, what is that called where you like hold back a little bit? Uh, reserve, not reserve, maybe. Like when, when speaking of Muhammad Ali, when he knocks out George Foreman and George Foreman's going down and he could have hit him, but he held back and he let him go down because that's all that was necessary. Yeah, yeah. It would have been too much force. Mm-hmm. So like, and it would have been very disrespectful to hit a man when he was down. You know what I'm saying? So he 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 held he held he held back. Yeah, yeah. So that so you get too comfortable sometimes in relationships and you will not hold back the negativity. It's like. I think it's because you're too comfortable. So I was grounded a lot. And this, okay. this, this has become now a, a therapy session. What was uh, it grounded? What was it grounded? Every, dude, I was grounded for like years at a time. Okay. Just like, and this is why I'm so well read because I was stuck in my room. I still have the chair and I would sit in my room and I would just read because it was the only thing I could do. They even took the door off the hinges. So you had no privacy? I had no privacy, nothing. I would, I had nothing. And they, but they, they didn't know what to do. Like they, me as a force of fucking the abyss that I am, mm-hmm. they didn't know what to do with me. But then I didn't know what to do with me either because I'm fucking, Rawr! all I wanted to do was surf and leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted. And one of the other. One of the, just let me be. And because we just, I don't know, we just couldn't get along. And, and even now we're, but I don't blame them. Like it's not, they're, they're, they did the best that they could. And, and I believe that whatever they did do, look at me, I'm retired. I've joined the military, had a good career, haven't hurt many people, haven't killed anybody. Like, so whatever they did was a good nurtured nature to send me off into the way. They just didn't know what to do with me because, and, and me being the energy source that I am, I don't blame them. Like, it's not their fault. They didn't have a chance. There was only two of them, Mm -hmm. right? They needed a fucking full army. But then if you look through the cavalcade of people, teachers that would talk to me after school, Miss Maroney, I need you to stay after class. Miss Maroney, what are you going to do with your life? I'm going surfing. Um, Have you thought about school? Fuck no, I don't want to go to school. Um, Have you thought about this? No, but they're talking to me. The Beelies. The um, the Boslos, the all these families, the Zingers that were families to me, and gave me the motherly and fatherly love that I and and everyone saw that my parents and I just didn't get along. And but they like my parents, like they're friends with my parents. All you got from your parents is negativity, essentially. Yes, and I am a big ball of positivity and hope. Yeah, but they like I don't. I think that they were trying, they're like, all right, look, good work ethic, be a good person, don't hurt anybody, you'll be fine, you know? That's uh, what they're trying to say. That's what they're trying to do. Well, all right, so let's take it back. So when I was 11, something happened, and so they start sending me to people to talk to, okay. you know? And I'm talking to these people, and I don't say nothing about it, I don't even, but what they do give me is they give me Joseph Campbell. They give me coping mechanisms of how to accomplish my life and, and heroes and myths and ideas and concepts. And so 
the idea of helping other people because on, on a night that nobody could help me, well, I don't want anyone ever to feel like that. So it becomes my mission to make sure that nobody else feels like that. So transport that pararescue. Yeah. People are in a bad situation. They're not, it's not looking good. Oh, here's some hope. Here's someone to help me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always been my drive, you know, but then in this job, I've been in like the worst situations where I didn't get to help people. And then people died and then things happened and you're just like, well, what do I do all this training for if I can't go help these people? Mm-hmm. Like you've trained me to do all these things. Just let me go. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm I'm still that 11-year-old boy trying to make things better. You know, you're um, uh, Lachey when her when her and her mom were in the helicopter and her mom's crying because she was afraid of heights and and you know it's shaking they're loud and everything and she's rubbing her back and she says it's okay mom we're safe now and i was like like she was telling me it's okay you're safe you're in a helicopter you're in america you're you're fine Mm -hmm. and and that I needed that on that day uh, that she gave me that hug. Like I needed the reassurance because I was at a moment of like, what the fuck is wrong with this planet? You know, why are, why is all this stuff horribly going wrong? You know, and I needed a hug and that's what she gave me. And, and I took that and I filled up my cup and I continue to go on and try to fill everybody else's cup, you know, but you got to keep your own cup. A little bit filled and and that's become easier with Shanda in my life in that she is like positivity too I'm not alone mm-hmm. you know and then we have you we got Epperson we got we have our own group of positivity against all this you know and we just keep smiling and building and growing and going and learning and loving and every day is is a gift and it's a great day and you just wake up versus you people are like, oh, it's Monday, right? No, it's Monday. It's a new week. It's a new chance, you know? But as a retired person, every day is Saturday, so I don't even know what Mondays are anymore. But <laughs> but that's my hope. It, it is Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but every day as a retiree is Saturday because it's like I got nowhere to be and nothing to do, you know? I'm just here to make the world a better place. So every day is Saturday. You got a lot to do if that's the case. Yes. A lot There's a lot of work. Well, all I can say is I'm very happy to see these uh, titties, this uh, titty statue behind your face there, Mike. I just realized that it was there. Um, I love that statue. I don't know what it is. What is the statue? Is it anyone in particular? I'd like to think of it as the Virgin Mary. It is the Virgin Mary. Uh, dance, showing her boobies off. Showing her boobs off, hands in the air, solid curvature, thin waist, solid statue. Solid. Solid. Good but, addition to the to the house. But think about it. So like, hopefully one day if we ever get a visual on the podcast, we'll have that, like there on a desk, so that, yeah, that'd be good. Yes. We've got to share that with the world. We should. We have to world. share titties with the world. That's our, that's our mission. That's my mission actually. Get <laughs> bumper sticker and t-shirts. So really, what we're talking about when we, we we say all this for the past couple hours to get to this point, we need more titties in the world. It would make the world a better place. It would make the world a better place. Less war, less anger, less resentment. 
I think we could say that those things are true. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Boobies. Less jealousy because there would be more. So there'd be there'd be uh, more supply. So less demand would be less jealousy. <laughs> Just <laughs> simple economics, really. Um, wow. Also. <laughs> well, I got one more thing. I got one more thing to, to go on that, and then I'll, and then we can certain subjects. If the financial system does take a shit, we could potentially come up with some sort of titty barter system. <laughs> can it? Can I just touch him just once? <laughs> There's your barter system. Okay, we got a feel. <laughs> Fine, you can have the 55 uh, corns, corns of stock to feed your family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, anyway, that pretty much solves a lot of the financial issues that we have, um, I'd say, yeah. Boobies. What else are we getting into, guys? Let's, let's, get, let's get into a final subject or a final couple subjects. Uh, we can just talk until tomorrow, so which I'm so totally fine with. Our, our original plan or goal... Was to talk about bullies and purpose. And we did. We hit bullies and we hit a lot of life purpose. We did? Now we're going to be able to get every, all the sound. Speaking to the microphone. Speaking to the So, okay, let's talk about this podcast. We all got headphones, okay? okay? You have a microphone that's a good quality microphone, so you really get that good radio voice so people can listen to it in their car and everything that high quality. Right. And then... We need to have a couple of cameras that can switch back and forth to where the voice is coming from. You know, possibly. I mean, we could. I so I've been doing. All right, so I well, started. You have to have the camera, and at the bottom, you have to have like California Mike, <laughs> you know, like avid surfer and philosopher, or some shit like that. You know, whatever. You know. So, do you know how all this started? Did it start already? Are we there? Is it happening? Oh, oh no, no. Well, oh. no, I mean me. We're, we, yeah, we're, no, we're we're on. Uh, me as a how this whole podcast thing, I guess. Oh, how did you start this podcast? Okay, so what is the name of this podcast? Uh, the average regular, average Joe's. No, well, we're. I think we are changing. We'll, we'll stay on the same platform, but this has always been podcast of the abyss. Oh yeah, I like that. All right, That's really fucking good. <laughs> but the way that this started was. Well, the way it originally started was I took videos of students doing push-ups, pull-ups, and sit-ups so that way I could put it online to show dudes – because we're – as an instructor, we're like, what the fuck? These dudes don't even know how to do a push-up? So I'm thinking at the time, this is 2015, I'm like, what if we put videos online on YouTube and then they could watch how to do a proper push-up and then they could show up here and then they would know how to do a push-up and, we'd, and our lives would be so much better. Yeah. So I started doing that. And then somebody asked me a question, and so I was like, uh, you know, do I want to really get interjected? In? I've just been explaining push-ups, pull-ups, or how to do an underwater, right? So now they're asking, like, what do you think about Al-Qaeda? Blah, 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 what do you blah, think blah, about what? Al-Qaeda. Was the, was well, when how'd the, you get to that from the underwater? Somebody. That's the question they decided to ask. That was, how do you feel about Al-Qaeda and blah, blah, blah. Okay. And, and so then I'm like, mm. I don't want to be on the camera, so what I do is I have my little GoPro, and I film me driving. But I don't film me. I film looking out all over San Antonio. Like, people have figured out where I lived because they could follow my route. Like, people, potholes, 
they knew all kinds of stuff about San Antonio because I just and my theory was you're in a car with me and I'm talking to you, telling you a story or a lesson, and you just get to see whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I never went and, and then my buddy Will Willis is like, you have to show yourself. Okay. Like that way people have the the buy-in. And so for a little while I would put the camera on me and and showed myself. But I only did that so that way you see like I'm a real person per se, you know, and the the expressions on my face because you do lose a lot if, you know, you're not watching my face. You don't get the genuineness. You only get the voice. Yeah, 100%. It's a huge deal. Right. But but overall, I don't like the camera on me. And so this is why this podcast was able to happen because, oh, I can talk, but you don't have to see me. And like, ta-da. Yeah, but the attention is still on your voice. Yes, you and I can live with that. The attention. And I can live with that. Okay. It just because like I said, it's about the message, not the messenger. Uh-huh. So I can be whoever I want, mm-hmm. being me, mm-hmm. but you're not paying attention to me. You're just listening to the words. Mm-hmm. So we maybe we can do some camera work with you and we'll we'll work up to that, I guess. Oh, but we're I gonna get a studio set up probably Monday. We're gonna, just <laughs> we're gonna have four or five booms. This so Expect to start off whenever you guys want. I'll, I'll probably just start off like the first podcast Monday. <laughs> well, there we go. Footage. We need to get a producer to edit it. That's all. I was doing everything on they one have take. To put in the slide and it says like Shanda. Like, <laughs> therapist. Jamie, Jamie, check this out. Uh, Google. Yeah, <laughs> Jamie, that's exactly what we need. Fucking young Jamie. So if anybody in San Antonio is looking for a non-paid intern uh, job. Put like Shannon, eight-time Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, just as in she watched the Super Bowl, eight times. <laughs> which is amazing because Shannon doesn't like sports. In her world, that's champions. That is champion. And we agree. We're not going to tell her no. Uh, no. So yeah, like we could we could do like little introductions, and then like from then on, when it, it's like The Simpsons, like there's always these extra characters. Oh yeah. Like who's the bartender? But it. I mean, we're like constant Leon evolution. Raj is definitely gonna, we're going to hear his mind and the shit he has to say. We have to get that. Well, I don't know if he'll want to. He will never come back. But, um, yeah, he's got some good nuggets, definitely, mm-hmm. to share. But I don't think he would want. We could just have a bunch of bikers coming up. <laughs> we get some voice changing software. <laughs> Get some of Patty's real some Mexican friends changing, from like, Southside. Like, we'll, yeah. we'll just get some of the voice changing software. So, Vo- you know, people that want, don't want their identity revealed. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Voice changing software. No, we, we give people whatever. We'll have a waiver. So if we do get super popular and advertisers want to start sending us money and everything, <laughs> we can keep all the money to ourselves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of. I like the idea of a nonprofit. We have a nonprofit. Only Murders in the Building. Okay. It's a good show on uh, Hulu? Hulu. On Hulu. Oh, I thought we were going to have murderers like as our guests or something. That's no, like, no, no. We don't want murderers. Freaky. <laughs> 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 Whose phone? Mine. Oh, is there one? All right. Um, so a show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Or Only Murders in the Building. Uh, Steve Martin. Martin Short. Martin Short. Selena Gomez, Nathan Lane. And really, you have to ask yourself one question. I know everyone thinks this shit. Why does Selena Gomez still look 18 years old? 
she, well, I think, <laughs> just the way she looks. Like she, she, she does, has, though, like, doesn't she? She has, you know, some people just kind of have a youth, like a baby face or a youthful face forever. She just has one of those faces, like she has like, just bigger cheekbones. Like she doesn't have like real harsh lines. She's very soft. Uh-huh. I think that contributes to looking youthful longer. So, so let me explain Selena Gomez. I was telling Shanda a little bit about Selena Gomez. So the boys... We'll pause on Selena. Selena Or I'll just keep talking and you guys can... And we're back. So check out this show on Hulu. Only Murders in the Building. I think you'll like it. They're a podcast as well. And that's, that's kind of maybe think about it. But... Um, I think we'll start wrapping it up because we we uh, accomplished all the things that we wanted to. So we'll start with Micah. Parting shots or anything you want to... So if we're creating our own reality, yes. then that means that everything that we're feeling and experiencing is in fact reverberating back to us and out from us at the same time. Yep. Okay. So what control do we have? Well, we obviously cannot direct every waking step and moment, so we can't control this reality because we make mistakes and we, we fuck up and reality. we don't control it. Yeah. Uh, so the vibration that we're, that we're <clears throat> experiencing or the whatever we're feeling and whatever we're whatever's going on with us and everything that is us is uh because it can't be changed it has to be run through the only the only method of growth is to just become aware you can only become aware like you can't do anything with that it's just the act of becoming aware that of whatever we are like just the act of becoming aware whether that's discovery or new perspective or whatever just that action of becoming aware is the only thing that we have so about a year ago i i hate san antonio like i could tell you i could write volumes on on my hatred for this town (laughs) but i came to the realization that i'm like if i don't like where i'm at then i'm gonna make the place that I'm at, the reality, and the things that I like. So I'm going to make this the town that I want to live in versus just letting it be San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, one thought. Two, so I figured this out the other day in surfing, you can't control the wave. The wave is going to break or peel or do whatever it wants, and it's up to you to dance within the confines and figure out how to flow with that wave. But you'll never make the wave do anything at all so the wave is life you can't do anything with it all you can do is figure out how to dance with it uh, we kind of that's it very much in line we just said we said a lot that's similar that's very similar like you can only become more aware of the wave itself and then when you're more aware of it you can Use it better or yeah. dance better, I guess you would put it. That's yeah. what you would say. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like the biggest, when I was at free fall school, the awareness I had from jump one to jump seven to jump 15 
and all that I could see on jump 15 and all that I couldn't, I realized I couldn't see on jump one. Okay? Right, it yeah. wasn't until I was to jump 15 that I realized how far I had come yeah. from jump one and just my awareness and my ability to see what was going on. So, yeah. So literally then I guess the only thing to do is to keep doing things in a positive way. Like as long as you keep doing whatever you're trying to do in a positive way, in a positive approach, that's all you got. That's all you need. Like, you can't control the wave, but you can control how much you learn about the wave by how many experiences you have with the wave, and then through those experiences, you learn how to best experience the wave. Yes. By never changing it, you you changed your experience of the wave, yes. and therefore you've changed your self. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty much it. Now it's it's like that's the conclusion. Yeah. Well, all right. So think about it. So we were surfing, or I was surfing Huntington, and I didn't make most of my my rides, like the, because it was just this steep fucking takeoff, and but I had really good drops, but then nowhere to go, and then, because then the wave would just <laughs> the whole thing just broke, but it for. For a second, I'm on a good, and then so I'm working on keeping the board with me. I'm working on my takeoff. I'm working on my drops. I'm working on just boom, and it all pays off because I don't have to make this drop. But we were at uh, churches in San Onofre. It was a 12 foot day, and I mean it was a straight acid drop, dude, just straight down. And I made all the rides that I made because I practiced before on on ra- ra- waves that w- I would never make. But it doesn't matter because I got the opportunity mm-hmm. to try that that takeoff, mm-hmm. and it just you because how many times do we fail? So that works too. Like um, some people didn't. Some people have done this for for bodybuilding bench press. They will put on way too much weight that they could never lift down to their chest and push back up, but they would just lift it off and hold it to feel what that weight's like to get their muscles used to feeling 500 pounds right. if they can only bench 320 or something like that. And then sooner or later, they get to the place where they work up to it and then they can actually do an attempt. But they actually feel the weight first and then put it back on the bar and just hold it straight on and feel it. It's the same concept, like with these big, big waves. That's a method of that's that, that I would say that's an a positive approach to life because you're not you're content with you understand your limitations you're content with okay I'm only going to go this far I don't need to lift this weight today I don't need to surf this huge wave are they annoying you uh, they're making too much noise uh, keep going keep going I don't need to surf this uh, hey lay down they're going to say that's a freaking lay down Titus go lay down and uh, they're going to they're going to um, like you're content with not surfing the greatest wave the first time you go out. That's a positive way of viewing things. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're open. You're, you're leaving opportunity to get better. Same thing with benching. You're lifting this huge ass weight, but you're not doing the repetition you're just feeling that weight so you know there's a positive like i'm not there yet but i'm going to that's a positive approach yeah 
Totally. <laughs> so I have this uh, idea or, or epiphany when we were in California that I, and I'm doing uh, air quotes, I am a incredibly complex and like high performing system. And I don't have to do anything to be a part of it. Like the thing, the organs that are working and all my blood's pumping and I blink just fine and I can swallow and my brain's firing good enough and I can hear all of these things are happening without me having to do one single thing. And it really made me look far and above myself and see the separation between who I am and what I am. What? What? Okay. Because I... Yeah. This is the this is the costume, mm-hmm. right? This is the costume that I have in this life. Full circle. The costume. But I, I don't have any control over it. I mean, I, don't, I really don't. I mean, they could stop working at any second of any day, yeah, any time. Control, but maybe you'll find out. None. Second. It could just yeah. be over. And I have no say in that. I can eat the best that I can and exercise and blah, blah, blah. But really, it's going to do what it's going to do. Uh-huh. And so it's made me have this different respect and reverence for the way that I live and experience life to the other extreme of way of riding waves is that me just paddling out into what is a giant wave. It's like three feet. It's like this huge wave in my perspective, but it's like, Whoa, even just seeing that or just looking down the line and seeing might catch a wave or just, it's like sitting in the middle of a surf movie, but every wave can still teach me something, even though I'm, I'm still not catching them. But just to have the rev- to see the separation of who I am, Shanda, intellectually, my mind, or spiritually, whatever, but understand and be so grateful and to now be content with who I am in this operating system. Yeah. But there's a difference between who you are and what you are in your own psyche. Yeah. For our next podcast. For our next podcast, right? <laughs> so, thank you for listening. That if sure. anyone that well, not really, because this, uh, I think <laughs> this is a, <laughs> this was at ninety, but so this is like part three of like three ninety minutes. Of, hell, we got two or three hours, maybe. Yeah, we yeah, yeah if we add them all up, we got hours. three hours. Please. Three plus. What's up, Joe Rogan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'll put this out as quick as I can, and then on Monday we'll do another one. So look for fresh things popping daily, weekly, whenever we decide to do it. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a good one.